KG, and this is not safe for networks. Kentucky skies i'm biggs and i'm brandon how's it going brandon oh living the dream living the dream i think you've been living the dream like 300 out of 353 episodes hey it's all a dream <laughs> yeah life is but a waking dream uh so we were gonna start out with like an r.i.p for uh john mahoney yeah the father on fraser passed away at age 77 yeah, somehow I didn't get to see this, but what what was the details there? Uh, I don't know if they actually announced the cause of death, but you know he was seventy seven. Is a good run. Oh, is he seventy seven? Yeah, man, I would have thought he was in his eighties at least. Yeah, he was fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of my favorite characters on Frasier. God, he was so funny. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> the way they set him up is such a counterpoint yeah. for Frazier and Niles. And, like, he had his own, like, comedic thing going on, which was, I mean, Frazier and Niles had their own comic, but, like, his comedy came from more, like, almost like a slapsticky, but not really. I kind of like a down home sort of yeah he definitely had humor. like a, a gruff kind of exterior in that show and uh just wanted none of their shit <laughs> <laughs> i love the way that they like set up his chair that just like clashes with everything in the living room <laughs> just stands out it's just i love like his chair and his dog just like how they just drive every like everybody in Fraser's circle crazy. <laughs> but um he started out on Cheers before he did uh Fraser. Like he was on an episode of Cheers in the last season. He like came in and played he was like a piano guy that like got hired for an anniversary for Cheers and like nobody wanted to hear him, but he'd keep like kicking in the songs all excited. Looked like a flim flam man, like he had the hat and everything. Uh, but he was so funny that that they kept him in mind when they decided to develop Frasier because I think it was over the course of that season they decided that's what they wanted to do. So if you remember, they like when Cheers was ending, they were talking about spinning off a couple of different characters, and Frasier's the one that they wound up going with. And you know, maybe they could have done better, but fucking eleven seasons ain't bad. Yeah, they had a good run with Frazier. Yeah, it went on as long as Cheers did, so that's pretty impressive. But um, he was also in Say Anything. I always forget that until I watch it. Uh, John Cusack movie where he's basically, <sighs> I think I think they're seniors in high school, and he's trying to convince this girl to go on a trip with him, and and uh, like he's in love with the girl, and the dad thinks she's too good for him, played by John Mahoney. And uh, they, uh, 
it, it turns like he works at a retirement home and it turns out he's like stealing from the residents uh to like provide a better life for his daughter but of course everybody remembers the scene and say anything with john cusack with the boom box yeah. held up outside <laughs> playing your eyes in your eyes something heat your eyes <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but uh yeah it was a hell of a run for john mahoney so definitely made a dent in the public consciousness yeah but moving on, um, I do want to give a quick plug for a, a Not Safer Network show. I think I did two weeks ago, but I, I got to give another plug. The second episode of the Charles R. Horror Show just went up. And uh, it's really funny and really good. And if you want to know, like sometimes we pull back the curtain on this show and like talk about kind of what goes into like podcasting. But you don't really get to hear a lot about producer bigs and the things that <laughs> producer bigs puts the other talent on the network through. So if you want a pretty good idea of what it's like, you should listen to this podcast because uh, Charles just lays it all out like for everybody <laughs> listening. So definitely check that out. But uh, let's get let's get the show proper started. So um, we got lots of stuff about Star Wars to talk about. And uh, I'm going to start here by a quote from Bob Iger, the CEO for Disney. So he said, we are developing not just one, but a few Star Wars series specifically for the Disney direct-to-consumer app. We've mentioned that, and we are close to being able to reveal at least one of the inerties. I don't know what that means. No. Uh, that is developing for us because the deal isn't completely closed. We can't be specific about that. I think you'll find the level of talent on the television front will be rather significant as well. So it was noted in a couple articles I read that he didn't mention whether it was like whether they were all live action or if some of them were animated. It's probably safe to guess at least one of each, right? Like they've they uh, definitely said there's going to be a live action Star Wars show, and I, if. Like, I, I believe that uh, Rebels is, like, in its last season if it didn't finish yeah, yet. Yeah, I don't know if, what the status of that is, but... Yeah, I, I heard it was the last season. Yeah. Like, planned that, last season. So, um, so <clears throat> it's probably safe to say they're, they're planning another animated show. I, I, would, I would think guess. so. Yeah. But that's kind of exciting. And uh, contained within that is that they're still doing that direct-to-Disney deal um streaming platform so i guess they're not going to be content with hulu they're gonna get something else on there so i don't know disney certainly got the library to handle it yeah and the fact that like they have marvel and star wars and fucking maybe fox soon that uh that's a pretty big library <laughs> so that's i are you ready to jump into like another Star Wars animated show? If that's what it is? No. No. I haven't watched either the Rebels or Clone Wars. I've been watching more and more Clone Wars lately. Um me and my daughter have been sitting down and watching it like a couple episodes a week and uh it's fucking good. Like I I couldn't get into it at the time just because like, I still had that prequel residue over me, but when I'm sitting there watching it now, I really enjoy it. Like, it's a pretty good show. So, um, I read an art, and I haven't seen any either of the 
those two series, but I read and uh, Rebels. I like too. I've seen like the first four episodes, but I just don't have access yeah. to it. So, um, and there was a a theory going around on the internet that it's the same story, but one's a propaganda version of the story. Oh, uh, the Clone Wars. It could be. I think. I think a lot of that comes from the beginning of every episode. They have like kind of a this hollow news net but it sounds like the old world war ii war footage they're just like obi-wan is pinned down in a like they just sort of give you like the breakdown of what happened in the episode and whatever connective tissue from the previous episode leads to this episode so instead of doing like you know the the word scroll they like they do it that way like a propaganda film so i could see it it's it's not entirely Un, I don't know, impossible, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's just getting kind of clever, I think. You're wearing a Star Wars hoodie right now. I am. I'm, I don't think I've ever seen that one before. I just got it for Christmas. Oh, nice. It's been way too cold for a hoodie, so. I just I just had my 39th birthday, and I got this blazer hoodie. So it's my fifth blazer hoodie. <laughs> I got a, a nice beanie on top of my head. That's another blazer hat. So that's my second one of those. I got a ball cap, and I've got seven Blazer jerseys right now. I just got my seventh one from my mom. Nice. Yeah, CJ McCollum jersey. I said I wanted a white one, <laughs> and apparently she had to order it from a foreign country, so I don't think it's on the up and up. <laughs> I don't think it's... Not uh, officially licensed yeah, product. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not officially licensed, but it looks just like the white jerseys that they wear now, which aren't always my favorite, but I'd like, I have all of my other ones are red and black, and so I'm like, I want a white one. And I started looking like they're tough to find, man. They really are. Yeah, I because uh, I have my Bronco jersey collection at home, and I have two or three white jerseys because I've got yeah, four, I've seen one of them. Four or five, they're blue jerseys, and I've got a couple of the you white. You got an ones. orange one, don't you? And I've got one, two, three orange ones. Wow. Aren't football jerseys like insanely expensive too? Yeah. Like I every time I see them in a store it's always like 100 to 150 bucks and I'm just like, "Jeez." Yeah. All of my official jerseys are that much probably. Yeah. Like basketball jerseys tend to run somewhere between like 40 to 75. Yeah. So, and they're great in the summer. That's the thing. Like, yeah. Like, basketball jerseys in the summer are fucking perfect, especially. That's why I like the white ones. Cause, you know, usually the one, the ones I have. <laughs> My dog decided, uh, he really wants to put his paw on Brandon's <laughs> headphones. <laughs> He's just like tangling himself up in my gear here. <laughs> Badge, get over here. Come on. Come here. Come here. Boy, you just... He just lost the uh, moniker of the only good dog. <laughs> now there's no good dogs. Come here. Tell me. So, what I was saying, uh, I really like my white jerseys because... During the summer, especially the ones I have are just kind of the, they're almost like the pennies you wear in high school gym class. They're yeah. like mesh, so they're really light. And 
being white is really nice in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, talking about jerseys, what are we on? Put dirt on it? (laughs) Do you want to talk about the Super Bowl? Hell, might as well. Let's get some real sports. (laughs) All right. I don't really want to talk about the Super Bowl. I want to talk about the spectacle of the Super Bowl. All right. What were your thoughts on the spectacle? Because I have to say, so my birthday was on the Super Bowl. It happens every few years. Um, and, uh, it was like a late Christmas I had with my parents and it was <laughs> like the Super Bowl. So it was like all three things wrapped up in one party and we started it late. Like everybody went to the party, hadn't seen the Super Bowl yet. So we watched it and then fast forwarded through all the commercials except for one or two. I, I saw like the Han Solo trailer and I made them stop. <laughs> like I was like, dad, back up. I got to see this. Sorry. And uh, so we watched that one and we saw the Eli Manning one. <laughs> the Odell Beckham. Yeah. Yeah. Which we'll get back to in a second. But so I didn't see the halftime show. I didn't see a, like a lot of the spectacle other than the game. But I did sit down on YouTube and watch a shitload of Super Bowl ads just because I wanted to talk about them today. So because there's always I, I'm the commercials I don't like tend to think too highly of. Well, that's not true. I enjoy the really big ones that they do sometimes, but it's not like a lot of people just want to watch the commercials and that is not me. No. And I don't watch football anymore, but like I knew I was in for the game. So I sat down and watched the game and I fucking enjoyed the game. It was a, it was good a fun game. game yeah. What was some of the spectacle moments that you wanted to point out? Um, I thought... I thought I was. I really enjoyed the halftime show with Justin Timberlake, even though I lost five dollars on that. But so, what'd you lose for? So, uh, I bet my wife that uh, Jimmy Fallon would show up. Oh, and perf- <laughs> like perform. So, uh, Jimmy Fallon actually introduced Justin Timberlake, but didn't sing with him. So, yeah. So that didn't count, huh? No. (laughs) Bummer. Well, and it was actually the introduction was like a pre-recorded sort of thing because like he's up in the rafters like, here he is, Justin Timberlake. But you can tell it was obviously pre-recorded. Yeah, they're like, there's people everywhere wearing Broncos jerseys. (laughs) And you're like, what? (laughs) Now, I guess it'd be like Rams because he's in, or no, he's in New York. He's in New York. So it's all like Giants jerseys and shit, (laughs) Jets. (laughs) um but i really enjoyed they did a uh they did a he did a tribute to uh prince he uh sang one of his songs and had like this big sheet behind him with like uh pictures of prince on them and he sang while he was singing one of his songs yeah i read a critique of that because they said prince was like very specific about how he didn't want to be used as a hologram or any of that kind of stuff if he ever or like when he died because he he just thought that stuff was horrible so (laughs) they were basically saying like justin timberlake just shit all over his legacy by doing that (laughs) it's an interesting take yeah and i because they originally were going to do the hologram thing like they've been doing with like Tupac and Coachella and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tupac it, never even had a chance to weigh in on that. <laughs> like he had a fucking idea that that was going to be happening. 
yeah, like we, I mean, think back to the late nineties. We didn't think that was going to be like a thing. Did he die in the late nineties? I guess he did, didn't he? Yeah, ninety nine, I think. Yeah, that was when I. That's I got the the Biggie nickname when uh, like a little bit after like Biggie Smalls got shot. Somebody just started calling me Biggie, and it like caught on with all my. Like, I started making a big circle of friends that were new like right after that and so it was like (laughs) like that name just caught like wildfire fire but people started shortening it and calling me bigs i think dub was the first one to shorten it to bigs and then i just sort of like took off with that because i was like the biggie thing always seemed a little false to me because it was a rapper you know yeah but it's also interesting because i can talk to people and i can figure out what era they knew me from <laughs> like they met me from based off of whether they call me Alex Biggie or Biggs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyway, so <laughs> we we're talking about the Super Bowl. I noticed that meme going around of the kid trying to uh take the selfie or like he was looking at his phone in the like on national TV yeah. while like Justin Timberlake is like right behind him. And like the the one that really made me laugh is they like show a screenshot of his phone and he's putting in who is Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw a whole bunch of like fake screenshots from that that were fucking amazing. Yeah, the closest we got because it was on the DVR, we we're fast forwarding through the halftime show and I really didn't give a shit. Like, you know, I wasn't going to say like, hey, let's watch this. So we're fast forwarding through and then we got on a big discussion about which Super Bowl was Nipplegate and who was playing in it. And so eventually I figured it out, but I can't remember the Super Bowl number, but it was uh it turned out it was New England and Carolina. So if anybody's curious. But yeah. No no Janet Jackson, I heard. No. Yeah, nailed no, that one. Nobody really performed with him, so that's weird. That doesn't really happen anymore. Yeah. I mean, at least if it's a singer, they usually bring on other singers too. Because we were talking, or I was talking last week about the prop bets, about who was going to show up during the performance. None of them paid off. I wonder if Justin Timberlake like had runners in Vegas. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just like betting on all the stuff. All the stuff he knew would go down. Let's start this out. This will be the next nipple gate, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Runner gate. Well, it's you know I think of that a lot about the halftime like prop bets because I remember a couple years ago when the Who was performing, like one of the prop bets was whether or not he was going to smash oh, his guitar. God, that made me mad. I think I lost money to you on that one. I lost money yeah. to somebody on that one about the smashing guitar. And uh, it turned out that he didn't smash his guitar. And I'm just like, I remember just going off on a rant. <laughs> and I was just like, fuck you, Pete Townsend, you geriatric fuck. Like, I was really <laughs> upset when he didn't smash the guitar. Because he did that thing where he, like, went like he's going to smash it. And then he just placed it on the stage. And I was like, that's when I, like, came unhinged. <laughs> it was like he's a like- dollar that I bet. But still. You know that he's just like, it's almost like taking a dive. (laughs) He knew, he was aware. He was aware, I'm sure of it. Yeah. 
Uh, well, what what commercials struck your fancy? Um, the only one that like, re- well, there was two of them that like really stuck with. Well, there's three now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first one, and I just really only paid attention because it had uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman from uh, Black Panther, basically playing Black Panther. In I couldn't even tell you. Oh, what that car, car commercial. commercial. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw that one. And just like I can't wait to see that movie. Yeah, that's me the only, too. That's the only like thing that like really stuck with me is that. And then uh, the second one was uh, the Peter Dinklage and Morgan Freeman like <laughs> that was rap so battle. Weird. It was so weird. <laughs> who was who was Peter Dinklage like? He was uh, to? He, he was uh, lip syncing to uh, Busta Rhymes. That's right. Because they have Busta Rhymes in the picture singing. And was it Missy Elliott that yeah. uh, that Morgan Freeman was doing? Yeah. it was. That was like a bizarre, fun commercial. Doritos always has like fun commercials. Yeah. Because um, they teamed up with uh, Mountain Dew for that commercial. That's right. Well, teamed up. They're the same company. Yeah. <laughs> the, like Taco Bell, Mountain Dew. They're all part of Doritos. The, the yeah, they're all they're all part of the same thing. Uh, I really like. I think my favorite commercial, and I think the winner, just because, like, when you talk about volume of people talking about it, was Eli Manning. Uh, like, do it not not the shorts that led up to the longer commercials, but when they did the dirty dancing <laughs> fucking thing. Where they're just like dancing to time of my life for the touchdown dance, and he's even like Odell Beckham like jumps in his hands and he's carrying him around like a like helicopter. Baby. Yeah, <laughs> it was really funny as I was watching it, and for some reason I had a brain fart, and I was like, "What movie is this from?" And uh, uh, my cousin, who's just like grouchy as fuck about it, was just like, "Seriously, dirty dancing?" I was like, "I'm sorry, it's been a long time since I saw a baby mm. in a corner." <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to prove I knew the movie. I just couldn't fucking think of the title at that moment for some reason. <laughs> but that one was really fun. I liked the Infinity War trailer just because it was like 30 seconds and there was so much star power in that. There was a seconds. lot of there, but it was just nothing that really stuck to me. No, I think they're really smart for how they're doing the trailer. They're just showing like how many people are teaming up and like the different combinations and I do think that's kind of smart marketing because it's getting the point across like, oh, you're going to see this person with this person, you know, like they're not really giving anything away about the movie, which I kind of like. Yeah, that drives me crazy. Like Black Panther, I've been avoiding reading so much stuff about Black Panther. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. And I've just been avoiding reading it all because I just want to go in with a fresh set of eyes. You know, like we talk about casting and things like that. And then we just sort of leave it on this show because we want to talk about it in depth when we watch it. But I like watch like going in, not knowing what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. And the, the only thing that about black Panther that I've, and it's not even really a, anything about the actual movie itself. Um, there's a group that's actually, was raising money. I think they were on Ellen last week or the week before. I can't remember. And I just saw a clip on YouTube. Um, 
and they were raising money to basically take inner city kids to see Black Panther. So they were raising money across the country to do this in different cities. That's pretty cool. So I thought that was pretty awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I'm just excited for this movie. I got to yeah. be honest, like it just it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun stylistically. It looks like it's going to be the coolest looking Marvel movie. You know. It looks like it's going to have some style to it. Dude, and Ryan Coogler, man. A man. Coogler. Fucking that Rocky movie he made was fucking amazing. So Creed. Like I I will follow that guy to the ends of the earth after Creed. So I mean, I won't really do that. Don't get a restraining order on me. I just mean I'll watch all your movies. <laughs> um, let's see what else was there. The Cloverfield Paradox, which they showed they showed a trailer for it, and then immediately after the trailer happened, they dropped it on Netflix. Yeah, um, which was really imp- a really impressive move, I thought. And I, it's funny because we were. I jumped on Netflix because I had about two hours before we came. I came over to podcast, and it was the big uh, the intro title that was they were promoting on Netflix, and I was like, I really want to watch that, but I want to watch the other ones first. I was like, Why don't they have the other movies on? <laughs> They're both really good too. They're I, very I, different. I mean, movies. there's there's no. It sounds like this one like. At least connects to the first one. It sounded like that from the trailer. Yeah. So, and so I was like, oh, you know, and I, I'm like, why can't Netflix have the other two movies on here so I could just like binge watch all three movies? Man, I saw the second one and I knew it wasn't connected to the first one, so I wasn't worried about it. But I saw it because I was cutting audio for Alien Movie Project, and I was just like, I. Got to maybe the fourth clip, and I was just watching John Goodman. I was like, this is fucking good. And so I just, like, put down all the editing and waited an hour for my wife to come home. And I'm like, we need to watch this movie right now. And, like, we just fucking dug the shit out of it. And then the next day, we watched the first one, which is also, like, way better than I thought of what I avoided watching that forever, even though everybody told me it was great. And it was. It was a great movie, so... Uh, one of the few good like found footage movies. Yeah, um, I feel like I covered up the mic that part. Found yeah. footage movie. Sorry, I had an itch on my nose. <laughs> that is not a move that Biggs yeah. does very often. <laughs> so that's and so I'm like probably gonna find a way to watch those other two movies and then watch that. Yeah, hopefully by the next podcast yeah yesterday right before my wife went to work we we're looking for something to watch for a half hour and that popped up and she i didn't know like the marketing move yet <sighs> and uh my wife's like oh they got the the new movie on there i'm like no it's probably just a trailer they'll they'll drop it later because i did hear it was coming to netflix but and then i looked and i was like holy shit it's the whole movie <laughs> like i was just surprised so uh that was pretty sweet to find out, but I guess it's getting shitty reviews, but whatever. I'm going to judge it for myself. I'll probably talk about it next week and give a review. Yeah. Um, the the crowning achievement of the Super Bowl's advertisement, though, I'm going to have to give that one to Tide. Tide? The David Harbour The David ones. Harbour, because it was fucking brilliant. How many of those did they do? Was it like three? 
Oh, there was like six or seven. Okay. I didn't see them all. Like I said, I was watching a YouTube montage. So so somewhere, and I think it was like the first quarter, they did like a two-minute ad. And I saw that, and then I saw two like quick ads that looked like they were for another commercial, and then it turned out it was a Tide commercial. Yeah, and I mean- Like the Old Spice guy. They had the Old Spice guy. They did a- the Mr. Clean from last That's year's right. Super Bowl. That's right. Because I wasn't like totally paying attention. And I realized like, wait, that's David Harbour? Didn't they just show Mr. Clean? Like, I was just really confused. And, and then it, I realized it was a thing. Because it was just, the way they delivered it was hilarious. And they just popped up because the rest of them were all just like 15 second ads. Yeah. So they didn't really have any like length to them, but just enough to like, I I think it was great marketing because they got their name in and it was funny enough that it like dug that in. So I think it was just. Didn't well they have done. something about like talking about everybody's wearing brilliant whites must be a tie commercial. <laughs> like I kind of thought that was funny too. Yeah, they well the whole the the main commercial they were like, what is this? Is this the what is the commercial for? And then they show like this guy like laying in the dirt like working on a truck, and then like his shirt's like bright white. He's like, no, this is a Tide commercial. <laughs> <laughs> and David Harbor was hilarious. Well, let's not forget Skyscraper, dude. Did you see the ad for that? Skyscraper. So that was The Rock where he's like, like it's an action movie in a skyscraper. So it's basically like Die Hard, except The Rock has like a prosthetic leg. And they like the big scene that they showed is like him leaping from this one building like this insane amount to like jump over to the uh, to the skyscraper and like hang on to a ledge like it was actually like a really cool scene and then like he gets caught on a ledge at one part and he's hanging by his prosthetic leg that starts to break and you're just like jesus dude i think i gotta see this movie like tasteful it's not but it looks like it's gonna be fun you know I've been feeling that way about a lot of uh, The Rock's uh, movies lately. I mean, they're they're not great movies, but they're fun movies. Yeah, yeah. He seems to have a, a handle on like, you know, like a, people are going to go to the movie and, and, and be enjoy or enjoy this. Yeah. And I mean... I mean, there was a few movies I watched this last year. I mean, I watched I watched Baywatch. I watched uh, Jumanji. I mean, neither of those were good movies, but they were entertaining and funny. So, I mean, I even watched uh, Central Intelligence, which was <laughs> terrible, but it was pretty funny. My buddy Eli was really excited that Fast 8 was on uh, HBO. And I was like, yeah, I noticed that. He's like, you got to watch it, man. I was like, yeah, I'll get to it. I got to get to to Tokyo Drift first. I thought you'd watch Tokyo Drift. No, not yet. (laughs) Oh, man, you're way behind. He was like, he goes, at the rate you're going, you're not going to see Fast 8 until like 2060. And I'm like, kind of added up in my head for a second. I'm like, yeah, that seems accurate. (laughs) (laughs) 
Biggs, you need to catch up. Dude, the slow to the furious <laughs> segment doesn't work if I catch up. <laughs> but you can't have a segment if you don't watch anything. <laughs> I've seen two of them. No, you haven't. You haven't seen Tokyo Drift. That's the oh, that's the third. That's one. the third one. You're right because yeah. it was too fast, too furious. Was the second one? I, was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, that one was not good. No, <laughs> the first no. one was really enjoyable. The Tokyo Drift good. isn't good either. <laughs> it isn't until you get to the fourth one they like really start getting entertaining. Don't worry, dude. I guarantee I'll get to the fourth one before 2000. It's funny because like. I, I was the same way because I watched, I did watch the first one. I watched too fast. Like within a year after they came out, I watched them and I was like, oh God. And then I watched Tokyo Drift and I was like, I'm fucking done with this franchise. I'm fucking done. <laughs> and then, and then the fourth one, back in. the fourth one came out. The fifth one came out. The sixth one came out. The seventh one came out. <laughs> Didn't watch any of them. The, and then, like some, like somehow, I watched the fourth one. I'm like, "This is fucking awesome." I gotta be honest. I was not like had no inclination of ever watching one of those movies until Zach reviewed the seventh one <laughs> and started talking about the Rock flexing to like break his cast, <laughs> and then like the whole thing with them handing off hand grenades in the middle of the air when they're both flying cars and had no idea the other person would be there. And I was just like, fuck, I got to see this movie. But man, it's been a trip. I think he gave that review in like 2015, 14. Something when did like Fast that. 7 come out? <laughs> it's I'm probably 2015, yeah. So that was when I decided to start watching them. I, I checked the last time I did this segment was uh, right, right before I left for LA. So oh. <laughs> that was two years ago. Two years ago to the day, almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to like, you need to like catch up somewhat. All right, you know what? As soon as Oscar season's over, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue the segment and do Tokyo Drift. I guarantee it. Okay, we got too much to trudge through this month, but March, March is is where it'll happen. Cause you know, like this month, there's all there's all the Oscar stuff I have to review, and there's, Black Panther, and Black Panther. That's right. I was I was getting to that, but yeah, definitely. So it's like there's a lot this month. So I'll definitely get to it next month. That's a promise. Yeah, there will be another that, slow the, to the furious. That, that's the last one you got to trudge through because it's <laughs> terrible. But you know, I can't do these segments too quick, or it ruins the segment. If you get to the if you get to the fourth <laughs> one, you'll be like. I gotta watch the rest of these because because that's where the the whole yeah. the whole tone of the entire series changes and you're just like because I was the same way like they're just they're just terrible terrible movies but they like had this attitude switch and where they just completely changed gears oh, see what I did there yeah <laughs> and everything just like because. Went they over just the skidded top. what they were doing to a halt and then just like shifted up and I drifted into <laughs> a whole new realm. Yeah, there you go. You're better at this than I am. <laughs> uh, well, getting back to Super Bowl commercials really quick. What did you think about Solo, A Star Wars Story? I wasn't really impressed. I felt like now, it was fine. 
Now I wasn't impressed. The... I wasn't depressed. I just felt like it was fine. I did really dig uh, the little scenes I saw Dan, uh, Donald Glover as yeah. Lando. That was pretty sweet to see. Yeah, you know, I think that's going to be one of the like bright performances of that show. Because um, I, well, I saw the teaser trailer that they dropped during the Super Bowl, and then they dropped the full teaser trailer the yesterday mm-hmm. after the Super Bowl, um, and I've watched both of those and the the. The teaser trailer they dropped in the Super Bowl, it was so quick. It just nothing stuck out other than the image of uh, Donald Glover as Lando. Yeah. Like that was the only like image I can remember from that entire 30 seconds. And then I watched the uh, I watched the full teaser trailer today and i am got some reservations about that movie. Yeah, I don't feel one way or the other. Like I the stuff I'm hearing about it is very similar to Rogue One when people were panicking at the reshoots. Granted they did I, like fire a director <laughs> this time and replace them. But with Ron Howard though. With Ron Howard, yeah. And uh I just like I feel like it could go either way. But I watched a commercial and it reminded me of Marvel trailers before they started stepping them up the last couple of years where it was just like I saw what I got, what I need to see to see, like, I want to see it, but it wasn't like, I wasn't like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, the the thing that really stuck out, though, to me was the music didn't fit. Because they had, you know, the regular John Williams score in a couple of quick shots, but then they had this weird, like, EDM sort of thing going on. And it, yeah, I went... Just, I wouldn't read too much into it. Like they rarely, it really use, rubbed me, rubbed me raw. They rarely raw use the music that's actually in the movie, like in trailers anymore. Rarely, like how many, how many trailers have you seen with Nine Inch Nails in the trailer, and then like no Nine Inch Nails in the movie? It happens a yeah. lot. The last yeah. like since Three Hundred, pretty much. They that's been a staple, but they just you can't you can't go off of it from. Um, from any of that stuff but uh anyway i uh I, I did hear that john williams is doing the score and i thought he pre- did a pretty good job with uh the last jedi so i'd yeah. be willing to bet it'll be fine and they did have some original john williams music in in there i mean just their the typical star wars yeah the the horn flare that you know and love that's not the one but yeah (laughs) no they did that at the end of the trailer though like right when they show the silhouettes of han and chewie ah gotcha (laughs) that's really good man uh so some more star wars news let's just get through all the star wars news so David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, who are the creators of Game of Thrones, will be making Star Wars movies that are not part part of Ryan Johnson's trilogy or the Skywalker saga. So we don't know much about it, but we know they're making multiple movies. Game of Star Wars. Yeah, that's that sounds pretty cool to me. And I like that they'll be working on that and not that fucked up Confederate show they were talking about for a while. 
I, I got a yeah. feeling that's not going to happen. HBO seemed to kind of walk it back after all the controversy. So, yeah, let that shit die. I'd rather see him do a Star Wars movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see here. Natalie Portman. Did you see her on Saturday Night Live? No. So I didn't see it, but I did see a clip of her rap. So you remember how she did the rap? I remember the original rap that was on the Lonely Island album, the second one. Yeah, and they did the the clip on SNL. So they did another one with her that's like, (laughs) that was on this show. And she clearly hasn't learned anything and is like threatening this reporter and stuff. And then they have a part where like, He's like, so have you seen the new Star Wars movies? And she's like, no. And he goes, well, they're much better than the... And like he looks at her and she looks at him all threateningly. <laughs> and all of a sudden you see her in like a Queen Amidala costume. And she's like got pistol like extended at him as he's like whimpering and crying. <laughs> and she's, she's like rapping like, say shit about the prequels <laughs> like going off. It was really funny. They brought in Andy Samberg for part of it too. I guess the Lonely Island produced the whole thing, so I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, it's pretty much the same thing that they did the first time. It's just like you know they're like dropping Black Swan and all this shit this time. <laughs> so uh, let's see. I think that's all the Star Wars news we got. So uh, did you see the finale of The Good Place? No. Not all caught up? No. I'm only like uh, six episodes in. Oh, no. (laughs) Dude, this season was so good. It is like, because I've watched, like I said, we watched six episodes and it's fucking great. Where do you, I'm curious, because I was wrong where I thought they would go by the end of the season. Where where do you think that they're going? For fans of the show that we can see if you're accurate here. God. I, I... That is a show I don't know where they're going with. Can't get a handle on it? No, because they have really, like, actually surprised me, like, the stuff they've done on the show. And right now we're kind of in that Groundhog Day sort of thing they had going on. (laughs) Where he keeps wiping their memory. (laughs) Which is... He's just, like, fucking drunk. And they, like, walk in and hear him recording it. And he's just like, all right, that one doesn't count. Hits the button to reset their memories again. God, that show is great. It's so well written. Yeah. Well, they go... They go to an interesting place by the end of the season. Like the finale, they go to a new place that like will kind of reset the show a little bit for the third season, which I like. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting. My Rudolph is like in the last couple episodes and she fucking kills it. She does such a great job. <sighs> and uh they have in the last episode they had Ted Danson tending bar at one point. Yeah. Yeah. It made me super happy. It wasn't in like a cheers looking bar, but still Sam Malone behind the bar again, which is like, uh, Eli, I was talking with Eli. He's like, Oh man, I didn't even make that connection. I was like, I do because when I was watching it on Hulu, every single time it would end, it automatically loaded up an episode of cheers. (laughs) because it just like made that connection that i like cheers and they both have ted dancing you know and make no mistake every time i watch a good place and a cheers loads up i watch cheers (laughs) fair enough yeah (laughs) i watch at least one i don't know that i'm gonna go through the whole run unless the good place winds up going that many episodes but 
fucking love Cheers, man. Yeah, I have been really impressed with uh, Good Place because, you know, that is one of those shows that could really get stuck in a just a repetitive thing that just drags down and like loses interest of everybody. But they do it in a really clever way. And, you know, they keep adding stuff so you want to watch more. And they do it so well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good show. And it got renewed for a third season. So we're yeah. definitely getting one more season of The Good Place. And there's going to be 13 episodes next year. So there was 12 this year, but the first episode was an hour long. So I think we're getting the same amount of Good Place. It's just going to be over 13 weeks instead of 12. So, yay. Yeah. I love The Good Place, man. That that show is one of the best comedies on right now. So, absolutely. It's probably the be- it's definitely the best network comedy that's on. I would put it up with the best network show was on <laughs> cuz I can't think of anything that I'd rather watch. Man, I feel like I'm on the spot right now. Does Discovery count as a network show? It's on a platform, but it's CBS's platform. If it was CBS proper, yes. It was on CBS proper for the first one. But it's not, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's probably The Good Place is the best like network show then. Yeah. There might be something I'm not thinking of, but that show is the fucking shit. Um, so you were saying American Gods... American Gods. Catching up on it. Yeah, I got through the sixth episode. That's where I left off and uh, something happened. I didn't come back to it. Now I don't have stars, but I will have it back before Bruce Campbell reappears on the network. February 25th. Yeah, so here pretty soon. So have you seen any of the trailers for the new season of uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead? No. Um, So Ash has a daughter. Yeah. No, I take it back. I saw I saw a couple trailers. I don't know what I'm saying. I totally <laughs> saw a couple trailers. Yeah, I saw like the trailer proper, and then a couple things of him talking about being a dad. Yeah, that that's... they've been advertising on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Going back to American Gods, uh, they got an official showrunner. Yes, uh, Jess Jesse Jess Alexander. Alexander. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that out there. They actually have a showrunner. Yeah. <laughs> Good um, for them. Some, and somebody who worked with uh uh Brian Fuller. Yeah. For with a couple of shows. So and of course Brian Fuller and Michael Green are both out. Uh Neil Gaiman's gonna stay on as an official showrunner, but I'd sound from everything I've heard before, he's it's, doing that show Omega. Yeah, so, so he's just kind of like he already said he's not going to be physically there. I think he's just more on the phone and by like name troubleshooting, only, pretty much. Yeah, and just kind of like whether or not they're going to because the next season is not part of the book because they're rewriting the ne- the second season because they because uh, Fuller and um, the other guy I can't remember. Um, green. They uh, had a bunch of shows written, but when they got canned, they basically threw those episodes out. Yeah, and I I heard that they got canned because they weren't staying within budget. So I'd imagine yeah, those scripts probably go off in places where it'd be tough to pay for. Yeah, so they're rewriting, basically rewriting the entire 
second season. <clears throat> um, and this is what Neil Gaiman had to say, like official quote. I'm thrilled that Jesse is the showrunner. He loves and understands the book. He loves and understands the TV series, and he's dedicated to making future seasons of American Gods as good and as beautiful as and unique as they can be. Shadow's journey is going to take him in Mr. Wednesday and the new gods and the old to some very strange places. I'm glad that we and the cast and the crew will have Jesse Shepardus along the way. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but we got to get caught up because we're both on episode six. <laughs> I will be finished. I can guarantee because my wife is so in on this show. Oh, that's us. My wife was like in on the first episode and then out after the second episode. You know, it's funny. My wife is just the opposite because she like we watched the first episode and she's like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> And she's it's fucking like, weird. It was fucked. And that, especially because I had no idea what I was really getting into. Yeah. And I, is there any way I could have explained what you were getting into? Fuck no. No. Like I tried you my best. You would sound like a crazy person. I reviewed the show and I must have talked about it for like 20 minutes. And me and Carl talked about it for another 40 minutes. And like, I, I don't think we, I ever got a handle on explaining what the show was. And I still probably couldn't explain the show very well. But it's it's a fucking journey for sure. It's a great journey. And, you know, it's just a beautiful show. Um, And my wife, so she, we watched the first one and then we ended up going to bed because it was 12 o'clock at night. And, we're just, and it was like about a week before we watched the second episode, I'm like, I'm going to watch the second episode. And once we watched that one, then she was hooked. And so we've been watching about two a night. If we watch, you know, watching TV together. Yeah. Um, so I want to move on. I, I got a review. I, I got to get out here, but I watched the post, the Steven Spielberg movie. That's up for best picture. Uh, it's really fucking good. It's really good. It's a. It's basically a like a political movie that covers the media during Nixon, and Tom Hanks plays the editor of the Washington Post. Like Meryl Streep plays the owner of the Post, who she like inherited it, and a lot of people didn't think she should have it because she was a woman, and her father handed it down to her husband. Then when her husband passed, she got it. Um, and so she has to make a difficult decision because Robert McNamara is a close friend of hers who is secretary of defense under Kennedy and Johnson. And uh, he had kept a study that, ba well, the, the Pentagon papers, if you know about the Pentagon papers, but basically they, they did a study on like Vietnam and like what was working, what wasn't working and determined that there was no way to win the war. But they, in the press, they never, you know, tipped their hand that there was no way to win this war. And so some people in the government, like, got it leaked out. And they leaked it out to the New York Times, who started to publish something. But then they wound up going to court over it and got a gag order. And then so the Washington Post gets a hold of a copy. And then they have to decide whether they're going to publish it or not. Because it could, it's right when they were going public. And so it could literally destroy the newspaper if they put it out there and they get a gag order from the court but 
instead and i'm just saying because it's history you can't spoil history you know what i mean but they put it out there and then all the other newspapers follow suit too and get copies and and put it out so it was one of those things it was like a big first amendment kind of win but it's just really well done like everybody in it like does a really good job i thought um it's like a it's definitely it mirrors stuff that's going on with trump in a way because they out and out just look at the media's enemies you know and it's probably not as bad as nixon was i gotta say like when you're sitting there looking at it up close at like what nixon was doing too it's like okay yeah maybe it's not as bad i don't know like it's but it definitely mirrors it and i see why spielberg rushed this movie into production um because he was he was working on ready player one and he was in pre-production and then he decided I can get this done if it's like in a four month window and they managed to do it. Like they got it written really fast because it was based off of a book, I guess. And and so they just got it adapted really fast and then like just got like it's one of those movies where it's like every fucking big actor you can think of is in this movie. You know, it's it's really cool, including Jesse Plemons, who's been <laughs> fucking killing it all over. You know the the guy from Breaking Bad and that episode, the Star Trek episode. Of, Did you uh, watch the Black yet. Mirror? Not right. yet. I will. All right, but not yet. But um, there's just like so many good actors in this movie, and uh, yeah, it's just fucking like it's it's great on every level. Like, I don't think it's Best Picture great, but I do think like it deserves to be in the nominations. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't think it should win, but it should definitely be up there because, like, it is a message movie and it's a good message. And it's, I don't know, like, I, I just think it's really well worth it. And uh, <laughs> I don't think Meryl Streep should have necessarily been nominated. I hate the knocker, but she's basically doing her impression that she did in a Julia and or the um, when she did a Julia Child's like. Um, She's basically doing that impression. Yeah. And so it's like, it's not original, but she does do a really good job. And I don't mean to like knock the legs out from under it. I just think there are some actresses who probably deserve the credit a little bit more, but she's going to get nominated every year. (laughs) And most years she deserves it as much as I don't want to say it sometimes, but uh, just everybody kind of kills it in this movie. So I really recommend it. Uh, So, I was kind of talking with you, and I was watching a movie before we came over, and it's it's a movie that I've had on my radar, but I hadn't watched, and I mean, it's an old movie by today's standards. I mean, it came out in mid-90s, and I watched uh, Too Long Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. So, where does Julie Newmar come into this movie? So, they're... Going on this road trip across the United States, and they're in this uh, kind of like there's a famous restaurant in Los Angeles where they got like uh, characters, caricatures of uh, famous actors on the wall that are signed by the actual actors, and they're in the same sort of uh, bar in New York or restaurant, whatever, and there's a as she as Patrick Swayze is like doing his makeup, he looks like in his like he's 
giving this great monologue. And he looks in his compact and like over his shoulder is a picture of Julie Newmar that looks fucking fantastic. And it says like the title of the movie, Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. And like she looks like statuesque, like over them, like approving of them. And so like they all decide that this is a good idea to take this journey. Okay. That makes sense. I, I've been wanting to see that because a lot of people have been recommending it to me. And you were even telling me it actually, like, for a movie made in the 90s, holds up pretty well. Talk yeah, about especially, like, the the topic with the trans the transgender, the drag queens on that. And I was really hesitant because, I mean, that was a long time ago by, like I said, by today's standards. around when we're in high school, somewhere around there. Yeah. And and I watched it like with real trepidation because I I mean there's the social societal norms have changed a lot yeah. in those times, especially against the transgendered community. And I was pleasantly surprised how well it held up. Um, you know they really I mean they tr- they sort of tried to do like. They were, you could see they were like the main quote villain of the movie was uh, this like uh, redneck sheriff played by uh, uh, Chris Penn. Okay. The late Chris Penn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, but they, they never really went to that place where they started drop, um, dropping like the f bomb, the the six letter f bomb. Yeah. So Chris <laughs> or, Penn was in this, yeah. and Patrick Swayze was in this. Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, uh, Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and uh, John Leguizamo were the main three characters. It's like a who's who of the nineties, right there. <laughs> But it might have been one of the Patrick Swayze's best performances. Like, he does such a great job. I mean, I, because I was really watching it with a pretty critical eye when I was watching it tonight, because I was really interested just to see how well he did. And I mean, they had to have done a lot of coaching with uh, Drag Queen's. Just to get like the little nuance, because my the rest of my family watches a lot of uh, like the RuPaul's Drag Race and that kind of reality TV, which I don't. Yeah. <laughs> when they're watching that, I'm like, I'm gonna watch something else on the bedroom TV. You all have fun with that, but so, but I have seen like because I I watched parts of it with them, and just seeing like the. Uh, the little nuances that he puts on while he's performing that character is really great. I mean, he does an excellent job with it. And so I was, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised how well that movie held up. Um, the thing that really interested me, like, so we're flipping through Netflix, trying to fly, find something to watch. And the, uh, 
my wife like it popped up on one of the new releases and my wife's like we need to watch that we need to watch that and i'm like you know i can watch that because i because i like i said i've never seen it and i kind of want to see like especially like through Wesley Snipes, patrick swayze it's got to be an action movie right <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm like you know i'm gonna give it a fair i'm gonna give it a fair try and it's funny because my like i said my rest of my fa- family watches all the like drag race reality tv shows and they even have rupaul as it shows up in this show oh yeah that makes sense she plays uh one of the drag queen shows mcs and um where was i going and so i was like well i'm gonna give it a shot and i was really surprised like my youngest daughter because she really likes that rupaul's drag race and she was like, I'm not watching this. What? And so she like goes in the other room and watches her own show. And I was like, really? You'll watch this reality TV show garbage version, but you won't watch a, like a th- like excellent theatrical version of the show? <laughs> Did you mention RuPaul was in it? I didn't know RuPaul was in it. Yeah, but I mean, like, you're like, hey, RuPaul's in it. That's what I would have done. I would have been obnoxious with it. <laughs> Oops. Uh, so, I got one other thing I got to get to. Uh, so, Uma Thurman uh, just did a, a big Times article and was talking about how Harvey Weinstein uh, had assaulted her twice but there's a really interesting story that came out of it where she was talking about when she did kill bill um like quentin tarantino had had uh kind of coerced her into driving this car that she thought was unsafe like the the seat wasn't like buckled down like it wasn't attached to the car and it's it's basically from the scene where she's driving to bill's place and they show it at the beginning of volume two where she's just like, I, I rampaged and I roared and all that, you know, but, um, like, and so Quentin Tarantino's version was, he was saying that like he drove on the road first and it seemed safe and everything. And then she wound up getting in a car wreck and like it fucked up her foot and stuff. And I guess it like really hurt their relationship, which explains why there hasn't been a volume three, which had been promised for a long time. But um, apparently Harvey Weinstein had like, because he didn't want to pay any lawsuits or anything, he wouldn't let her see any of the footage and it like squashed it. And so Quentin Tarantino apparently felt really bad about it at the time too. And uh, he like gave Uma Thurman all the footage. And so, like, you can actually see it on Instagram, like, her getting in the wreck and then just her looking all fucked up, like, after the wreck. And, uh, even, like, she, she just gave props to Quentin Tarantino for, like, giving him, giving her the footage. But I just thought it was kind of an interesting story because it wasn't just the, the sexual harassment that he's doing, which she, he put her through hell with that, too. Fuck. But then, like, on top of it was just, awful with this stuff um like with that car wreck like he was basically trying to threaten her with lawyers and everything and yeah it's fucked up like not turning over clear evidence you know 
And apparently Tarantino, like Uma Thurman was giving him credit because she's saying like, you know, he's risking, he's putting his neck out there like financially by giving me this footage. So, but it's on the internet now. Nothing Weinstein can really do about it, you know? Yeah. Like he has the money to fight that right now. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's, it's 80, it's over 80 women now. <sighs> Like, it just keeps getting higher and higher. Like, what a fucking monster. But this is a good place to cut it off. <laughs> so, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Take it easy. Not you, Harvey Weinstein. Burned in hell. with wrestlers green lanterns light asl adventures in a dimensional exchange association is this yours no your i mother said she found them on your phone i don't know like i must, must have, have what look dad they're not mine alien movie project we had a good life montucky skies real roulette where'd you get it dad answer me who taught you how to listen to this stuff you all right i learned it by watching you Parents that use podcasts have children that use podcasts. Brought to you by the partnership of the Not Safer Network.